Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning and welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here today. If you are with us for the first time, we would love for you to fill out that section in your bulletin where you can place some information about yourself and your family and tear that off. And actually, instead of placing it in the offering plate on your way out, if you give it to the the uh, nice young men that were helping at the Welcome Center this morning, they have a gift for you that they would like to give to you. So we are uh, glad that you're here. Uh, today's service is a little bit different. I have been here as pastor since June the 1st, but I think after today, from what I understand, it'll be more official is, is, the, way that I, is the way I understand it. And, and also understand it in the sense that, you know, I know what I'm getting into now and you know what you're getting into. Uh, and, so, and everything's still moving forward. Uh, so that's a good thing. But we're glad that you're here today. We're just uh, so excited. I want to take just a brief moment um, to introduce some special guests that are here with us today. I want to introduce my family first, but my sister Kim is down here on the front row with her husband, John. And, uh, and then my dad here, uh, Gordon McKinney, is uh, glad to have him with us today. And uh, also on the same same row is uh, one of my, I have two former youth here today that I'd like to introduce quickly, but Corey Rhodes, um, the, the bearded one here on the second row. Um, but Corey lives in Etowah, and he's here today and will be offering a prayer and his family, Jessica, and, and two little ones. And then Zach Masden, kind of wave your hand, Zach. Zach is from uh, Moore, South Carolina. He was in my youth ministry when I was at Lyman, South Carolina, and he is now a youth minister at Poplar Springs Baptist there in Moore. But uh, family and friends, we're glad that you're here today. And we look forward to what God's going to do. Also, oh, we have somebody else. How, how could I forget? Um, um, Andy Oliver, the Reverend Andy Oliver, is here with us today from Poplar Springs Baptist. And we're going to have him come early in the service so he can get back. He gets to preach twice today. But he's going to get back to Poplar Springs, I think, and share a word with the folks there. But Andy and I uh, met. Andy was my camp pastor when I was in the youth group back many years ago. And uh, when I came to Garden Web, my then youth minister, Raymond Smith, said, uh, the camp pastor, Andy Oliver, is at a church down the road from Garden Web. You may want to touch base with him. And so I did. I brought some boys down there to play basketball, and Andy said, Keith, you don't have to bring them back anymore. <laughs> um, but we had a good time that night, and uh, I think we kind of wore each other out. But uh, I have just a little memento this morning that I'll share with you. But uh, this is my certificate of ordination. And I, have, I had an eclectic group of ministers gather together to see if I was fit for ministry. And Andy Oliver was one of those. And we met at, in a Sunday school room down the road at Pleasant Ridge Baptist Church. And so that was a, a meaningful time uh, for me as I began my ministry and as I was heading to my first full-time position in Lyman, South Carolina. So Andy, we're delighted to have you here today. And uh, we look forward to, to what you have to say. And at this time, I want to ask somebody who made my transition here to... Uh, Boiling Springs Baptist, such a great transition, and that's uh, the Reverend, or is it the Doctor, uh, Jim Richardson. And so, Jim, if you'll come up and lead us in prayer today. I apologize for how short I am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Some things you can't change, you know. It's great to feel the excitement of this congregation. When Carol and I drove up here to see all those cars out there, I said, Law, never were that many cars when I was here. 
And that's great. That's great. And uh, I know you're fortunate to just to have Keith. It's great to see Andy here with us today. I just feel that the uh, future of this church is bright, and I just feel fortunate that I had a small part in a certain time of uh, the history of the church to, to help out a little bit. And um, let's bow together. Father, we're thankful for your sovereign grace. We're thankful, Lord, that you are a big God, that you are the author of great things. You, in your spirit, want the church to touch people, to move forward, to grow, to expand. That's your dream for this church. May we in our faith, Lord, just match that dream. Lord, we come today to install Keith, but I hope, Lord, that all of us feel an added responsibility to make that dream come true. That work is not the work of the pastor and the staff alone. It is not the work of the deacons. It is the work of everyone. And if all the people here gathered and others, Lord, that come in following Sundays can see their responsibility to get involved, to make their lives count for the kingdom in this place, find their place of responsibility and talent, and be used, Lord, to grow a great church that reflects, Lord, your greatness. Bless Keith. May you have a long, fruitful ministry here. May, Lord, people be drawn to this church because they feel the love, they feel the unity, they feel the spirit, they feel the vision, and they want to be a part of it. And bless this church and guide it into a bright future. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. As uh, chairman of our pastor search committee, I've been asked to... uh, do a little bit of introduction to Keith, and uh, I, I think uh, before we ever voted on him, we did a pretty good introduction of of Keith's background, his history, where he's from, and what led us to him. But anyway, the purpose today is to install Reverend Keith McKinney, who has answered the call of Bowling Springs Baptist Church to become our senior pastor. An installation service offers the minister and the congregation an opportunity to celebrate a new chapter in the ministry of all of us in the life of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Now, when our committee first was informed about Keith, we had already gone through a couple hundred resumes. And as we started to look into Keith's ministry, we found that he was not a stranger to the Bowling Springs area. As you know, he received his education from Gardner-Webb University. And as we worked through our list of resumes, Keith was always very high on our list. From our first meeting with Keith and Renee, our our entire uh, committee felt God was leading us to them. We talked with a lot of people and found several pastors in our area that already knew him and spoke very highly of him. 
we prayed constantly that God was leading us to the right person at this time for our church. After visiting with Keith at New Bessemer Baptist Church and seeing his relationship with the congregation and also talking with the deacons who were all in agreement that Keith was a great pastor and a great leader. Now we were even more impressed with Keith and his family. So Keith, after being with us now for three months, and Keith is not runaway, and, and no one here has tried to run him off, so just maybe God has led Keith to us at the right time and the right place. Keith, Renee, and Aiden, we have truly grown to love you, and we're very proud and honored to have you as our ministerial family. To all your guests and family here today, we welcome you and we thank you for joining us for this wonderful occasion. Keith, when you sign any correspondence, you seem to be ending it with standing tall for Bowling Springs Baptist Church. We want you to know that we look forward to many years of you standing tall for our church and our community. So may God bless you, your family, and our church as we enter this time of serving our Lord with you as our leader. Please join me as we sing our first hymn of praise, hymn number three, Worthy of Worship. Please stand. <coughs>
Good morning. I want you to know I had the privilege this morning as I drove up to Bowling Springs Baptist Church to ride the parking lot with Zach Dobbins. <laughs> and we had a ball. We did about five or six laps. <laughs> and we carted a couple of shady characters out there. Uh, don't want to name any names. Dennis Thurman. <laughs> Jimmy Beeson. Uh, we checked them out. They're okay to be here today. Also, I hope I'm not assuming wrongly if that's a word. But, Keith, it's my honor this morning. I'm assuming this. I saw a red Corvette out front. And, Keith, Lynn's going to come up and present you with the keys to that right now. <laughs> and I think that's a wonderful thing for a church to do. In fact, I would hope that you would suggest that to other churches in the area. But, uh, Keith, I'm delighted that uh, hopefully you'll take me for a ride in that thing. And, we're just excited about that. So that's great. What a wonderful church. I'll be preaching two sermons today, so I'll share with them that, in, as the Lord leads, that y'all gave him a Corvette. <laughs> Scripture I'd like to share with you this morning is one that's uh, uh, fairly simple. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or with superior wisdom as I proclaimed. These are the words of Paul. To you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Keith is a basics type of guy, and I felt, felt that that message had a few things to say about the basics, and I'll share with the, those with you in just a few moments if I might do just that. But I'm going to start out with an illustration, if I can do that. Now, my illustrations ramble a little bit, and you may want to raise your hand and say, would you repeat that again if you need to do that, if I kind of confuse you a little bit? Because to be honest with you, the illustration confused me as well, but I wrote the thing, and it still confused me. In my early years of driving, in Gaffney, South Carolina, we started driving at 14 years old. And that's a wonderful thing now that I'm beyond that age. I don't want to see a 14-year-old behind the wheel right now, just to be honest with you. But in my early years of driving, it used to confuse me as I drove on an interstate highway. Even in later years, it used to confuse me when I would go on an interstate. And at numerous exits along the way, they would have a number of exit signs. You'll have to forgive me for that. With identical highway numbers. You go to one exit, that's exit for Highway 25. Go to the next exit, it's exit 15, that's for Highway 25. And it kind of confused me a little bit. And I'll give you an example of that. If you take Highway 26 to Asheville, how many times are you going to come across an exit that says exit 20, uh, Highway 25 is right here? Five or six times at least. So you can't say to someone, take 26 to Highway 25 because you'll have to say, which exit? Which exit? It took for a while for me to realize something. That basically the reason it is like that is because the old highways of yesteryear are simply crossing over and snaking around and intersecting on the new highway, the new interstate. And I saw an example there about intersections, if I might. It's been kind of like that with my relationship with Keith McKinney. And I'm going to let you determine who the old highway is and who the new highway is. <laughs> We're getting deep now, folks. You're going to leave here today and say he talked about a highway. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but our lives have intersected at a number of times and places. Just when I think I've lost Keith... He pops up again somewhere else. Just when I think I've lost him. I guess Keith was only 16 or so when I first met him. I was camp pastor for a couple of churches who had a week-long 
summer camp event at Reedsville at the Betsy Jeff Penn Camp. A wonderful place, a great place to be in Reedsville, North Carolina. He was a small youngster, only about 6'5 at the time. <laughs> and a very good leader of his youth group. You could tell that he was one that had places to go and people to see. A very responsible young lad as well. And I enjoyed connecting with Keith and his buddies over a couple of summers. I got to know the East Flat Rock crowd just a little bit. And it was a joy to get to know them a little bit. A joy to get to know Keith somewhat. I lost track of Keith for a couple of years as we traveled Life's Highway, and we intersected again. This time it was at Gardner-Webb. I was at Pleasant Ridge Baptist Church where I served for 10 years, 10 wonderful years with a wonderful church. And I, 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 I contacted Keith as he was there at Gardner-Webb. Some friends said, Keith's there. He called me. We got in touch. And I taught Keith and his college friends how to play basketball. It was a delight. It's part, one of the parts of the ministry that we like, to be able to share with young people the ability to play games and things like that. And it was a privilege to teach you how to play basketball. He would call when he wanted to ask questions about the area or if he needed to, to share from my wealth of wisdom. Thank you for not laughing a lot about that one. <laughs> Y'all thought I was serious, didn't you? Keith even asked me to be a part of his ordination council, and that was an honor to be able to do that, to be able to talk with him and share with him, and I found out what a deep person he was, what a wonderful person he was. Once again, I lost track of Keith again after Gardner Webb years. I lost track of him when I was talking with a friend of mine from Quaker Gap Baptist Church in Stokes County, a beautiful place, Stokes County. My friend Jim Baldwin called and said, well, we talked about ministry. We talked about the area. We talked about friends. We talked about acquaintances. We talked about church. We talked about a number of things, and then as we closed, he said, have you ever heard of Keith McKinney? And my response was, well, when did Keith get out of jail? <laughs> Jim said, we're looking for a youth minister at Quaker Gap. What do you know about him? I said, you need to talk to him. You need to talk to him because I think he may be God's person for your church. And he talked to him. And Keith did a wonderful job at Quaker Gap. It was good that he was there. I was glad that I could recommend him at that place. About five years ago, we intersected again. Keith was at Roll Hall Baptist Church. Now, let me, under, let me share with you something. How do you say R-U-R-A-L? You say rural. You would not survive in Stokes County. Now, folks, you've been, I'm going to teach you some Stokes County language. That's not rural. That's rural. That's kind of like... How do you say Rutherford per ton to a ton? <laughs> You're going to say Ruft. <laughs> Up there, it's Roll Hall. And we reconnected again, and he was doing part-time work with the, the Baptist Retirement Homes, and it was good to see him. He came by my office a couple of times, gave me some neat Baptist Retirement Home stuff. I still have a number of those things. Did we ever give you any more money? <laughs> and today, he's your pastor at Bowling Springs Baptist Church a church that I love dearly because I have a number of great friends here. And one of the things I told Keith when he first moved to town was this, because this is such a friendly town and such a friendly church, I said, make sure you speak to everyone in Ingalls. They could be a member of your church. <laughs> you don't want to get the reputation of being haughty and not speaking to people. So when I went to Poplar Springs, I went around Ingalls and said, nice loaf of bread you got there. How you doing? <laughs> I spoke to everybody and still do, but Ingalls is the place to see and be seen, so you better speak to everybody. 
He's your pastor here at Bowling Springs, a wonderful church, a wonderful place to be. And as your lives intersect with his, you are going to discover Keith's strengths. You'll discover his strengths. He loves God. That's kind of a prerequisite for a job like this, I think. He loves God. He loves people. I think that's a necessity as well. He's caring. He's compassionate. And Keith, can I borrow money from you now that I've said all these nice things? <laughs> and he's serious about his call to ministry. As I came to share with you today, I said, what would you like me to touch upon? He said, the basics, love and the gospel. And that's what's important. That's what's important. Another thing is this. As he serves his 25 or 30 years with you, you're going to discover Keith's weaknesses as well. I have some bad news. Y'all may want to grasp a hand beside somebody right now. This could be tough. Keith's not perfect. Keith's not perfect. I'm going to share with you some of the imperfections right now. I just want to see if you're listening. <laughs> Remember that pastors and congregations are at their best when we start and when we leave. The understanding between pastor and congregation. Keith's going to make mistakes. And like most of us, he has his fears and he has his insecurities, especially as he starts a new pastorate. One of the things I discovered when I went to Poplar Springs was, was this. I'm 58 years old. This is the last time, dear Lord, please, I have to go through that transition. It's a great church, a wonderful church, but you're trying to figure him out, and he's trying to figure you out. So bear with him as he bears with you as well. William Pope was a wonderful pastor I worked with in Stokes County. He's a pastor and a friend, and he told the congregation at his church when asked what they could do for him as he began his ministry there at Mount Olive Baptist Church. And it was plain, and it was simple. He replied, just love me. That goes a long way. And he replied in return to that, and I'm going to love you too. And as I think about Keith, just love him. There'll be sometimes when you'll do the old Southernism where you go, bless his heart. <laughs> but love him. And I can give you the assurance that he's going to love you too. He's going to love you too. There's a lot of folks who can share with that his love. And I believe Jesus said a few things about love. And finally, a few words for your new pastor. That would be Keith McKinney. Looking at these words from the Apostle Paul, I see a pattern emerging from 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or with superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, the message, the good news. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Keith, some words for you. Get humble, get focused, get real, get honest, and above all, make sure that God gets the glory. I believe I'm telling you something that you already know, but I have to tell, him, tell you that for the benefit of the rest of these folks out here. God's work was done in spite of Paul. God's work will get done in spite of Andy Oliver. God's work will get done in spite of Bowling Springs or Poplar Springs. God's work will get done in spite of Keith McKinney. Use the gifts you have and be yourself.
at a wonderful church. Thank you. And I'm scooting now. Thank you for letting me be with you. And thanks for laughing when you were supposed to. him in an insert in your bulletin and uh, you'll be happy to know that it's not just the lyrics it's the the notes too so that will be helpful to us all um, the love of God please stand as we sing Let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today for this beautiful Sunday. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the opportunity to be here and worship. Uh, Lord, I thank you for Keith and the role he's played in my life. And I just pray that you bless him and this church. Lord, and just help his strengths and play into this church. And Lord, help it to grow. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this offering. And just bless this church in every way that you see fit. In your name we pray. Amen.
Good morning. Well, my name is Zach Mazden, and Keith was my very first youth pastor. I'm from, well, I live in Moore, South Carolina. I also serve at a Poplar Springs Baptist Church, and I'm, I'm kind of new there. I've been there about 10 months and serve an amazing group of people as their family pastor. Uh, but Keith was my very first youth pastor at First Baptist Lyman or Lyman First Baptist. I forget which order they give it. But I, I grew up in a very, very small town in Georgia, and I had recently moved. We had recently moved to South Carolina, and our church called Keith is our youth pastor. And growing up in a very small town in Georgia, uh, I'd never heard of a youth pastor or seen a youth pastor. If you're Usually churches had a pastor, and that was it. And if your church was really big, you may have a financial secretary. So I'd never heard of a youth pastor. So they, they called Keith to, to be our youth pastor, and he had a, a remarkable impact on, on my life and my ministry. And it, be, it very well could be that I'd never seen or heard of a youth pastor, so I didn't really have anything to compare him to. But uh, nonetheless, he uh, had a remarkable impact on my life. And, and it was during his years of ministry at First Baptist uh, Lyman that uh, I felt a call to ministry very early on. And he kind of walked with me through that. And uh, and, and see Keith at the time uh, before his call to ministry, he was struggling whether to go into ministry or pursue a professional rap career. And so he was really able to help me uh, in, in walking through and, and feeling this, this call to ministry. And I understand that he, he may still... Do you rap any now? No? Um, maybe he will bring those skills out later. Uh, once he's been here a little while, once the probationary period is over, he can bring those out. But... Yeah, I, I, I tried to think back and I thought about what was distinctive about my relationship with Keith. And I think it all kind of centered around the issue of time. Keith spent a, a lot of time with me. He spent time with me when, when, I, when I needed him, when, when I needed someone to look to. And, and I, I think we call this discipleship. I think we call this relational discipleship. And, and it wasn't fancy. It, it, it wasn't difficult. It was just spending time with me and modeling what a relationship with Jesus Christ looks like and what it looks like to be a believer and to love people and to love the gospel and to love the church. And, and he did that, and, uh, and, and I'll be forever grateful. So I'd like to share a, a couple of passages this morning. It's sort of an encouragement to Keith, to, to you all. It's an encouragement to me as well. I'd like to read from the book of Exodus, uh, beginning around verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said... My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Uh, a moment of confession. I've never really confessed to a group of people I didn't know. But every now and then, I'll, I'll finish a project at church, or we'll come off of a big successful event, or, or I'll finish a sermon. And I will look back on my preparation, my spiritual preparation for that time, and, and I'll be heartbroken. 
I'll look back and I'll realize all the time that I spent crafting a message and studying the passage and the context and the historical context and reading commentaries and looking for illustrations. I'll, I'll think about all that time that I spent and I will be heartbroken over the, the, the small, itty-bitty time that I spent praying praying that God would lead me and guide me, that his presence would be near to me, that he would transform the hearts of people. And and, and I looked at this passage and I see Moses saying, Lord, Lord, we're not going to go anywhere. We're not going to go up out of here if you're not with us. And And that's my encouragement to Keith, that he would not lead where the Lord is not there and that he would think about the time that he spends with with the Lord and There is a allurement in ministry to begin to do things under your own power, to just do things in your own skill set that the Lord has given you and really neglect the serious time in praying and seeking the Lord and surrendering to where where the Lord is leading. And and, and, and to Keith, this this is the struggle to not rest upon the little bit of skill set that we have. I look in Scripture and I'm, I'm captivated by the idea that our Lord uses ordinary people for extraordinary things. You look at the disciples. You even look in the life of Moses. My fear is that I will try to be extraordinary in my own might, and I will just be ordinary. But I believe that through the Lord's guidance, we as ordinary people, if we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and we surrender to what the Spirit is wanting to do in our lives, that He will accomplish extraordinary things through us. Next thing I would like to share is over in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I saw an amazing illustration recently, and it is this. It is an illustration of the trellis and the vine. And the trellis signifies the church, the physical campus, the physical church, the the life and ministries of the church, programs and events. That is a trellis. And the vine is simply the people. And in in ministry, there is work to be done in both. There is work to be done in ministries and programs and in physical campus. But the the real work is is with the vine. The real work is with the people. And, and, And my challenge to Keith and my challenge to all of us is we have to always remember the the question of who did Jesus die for. I see in First Corinthians chapter fifteen this. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. This is of first importance that Jesus died for us. He died for, for people. And uh, Keith, there, there's going to be an immense amount of pressure in your daily life to work on the, the trellis. This is a beautiful trellis. This is a, this is a beautiful church. And I'm sure the ministries and the, the efforts and the programs of this church are, are amazing and the Lord is doing mighty things. But the people of this church are even more beautiful than the church itself. The, the vine is what is important. So uh, the, the work of ministry is with the people, serving the people, loving the people, being there when the people need you, leading the people spiritually. And this is the challenge. 
to make sure that we're doing the work of the ministry with people and leading and loving people. And uh, Keith, just uh, remember your, your calling and what has been talked about, what Pastor Oliver talked about a moment ago, your, your passion for people is what really makes you the servant that you are. And uh, make sure that you spend an immense amount of time praying for the people and l- allowing the Spirit to, to lead you and to guide you. And, and, and my cry is the same as Moses, that I do not desire to go anywhere where the Lord is not there and where the Lord is not leading. Thank you. I ask Roger and Lynn to come and join us. And at this time, thank you, Zach. Um, I've got to find some deep pockets to help, you know, pay these guys for all these kind things they're saying. Um, but uh, Roger and, and Lynn are, are coming up, and we're going to read something together. And I don't know... Um, I'll kind of squeeze over here on this side, guys, and and hopefully we'll have room for all of us here. But we have an official copy up here of what you have in your bulletin, and our copy has some signatures at the bottom. But over the next few minutes, what we would like to do is read through what is in your program this morning, your service order. And I will be reading, of course, the light print, and I ask you to follow along with Lynn and uh, Roger as they'll be reading the dark print. In partnership with the congregation and with God's help, I will seek to proclaim the gospel with the goal of reaching persons for Christ and fostering academic, educational, social, and spiritual growth to all. As a congregation, we will show sensitivity to the physical, spiritual, and emotional needs of the pastor and his family. With God's help, I will love and affirm persons and families with, within the fellowship without bias or prejudice. We agree to pray for the pastor's ministry, affirm efforts, and work with the pastor toward the goal of accomplishing God's will in the church and in the community. With God's help, I commit to provide counseling to members and non-members and to keep confidential such communication. We will support the pastor in the church's preaching ministry. With God's help, I commit to serve as administrator of church staff, programs, and ministries by facilitating communication and recommending appropriate ministries, programs to the appropriate persons. We acknowledge we are all imperfect human beings seeking to serve a perfect God. With God's help, I commit to minister to the sick, the elderly, the bereaved, maintain contact with the membership, and provide outreach to the community. I also commit to lead funerals, weddings, and work with the church leaders and staff in the ordinances of communion and baptism. We will walk with Keith as he leads us in our faith. With God's help, I will provide encouragement to persons, programs, ministries of the church family, and the entire community. I acknowledge my own imperfections and will seek growth in my personal and spiritual life. We commit to love affirm and encourage Keith as the pastor for the Lord's Baptist Church. One day 
want to invite all the children. We're doing things a little different this morning. We're closing our service today with a children's sermon. And so I want to invite all the children. Uh, parents, if you have young children, you're welcome to come as well. We have a couple empty rows here in the front, uh, is usually the case. I don't, I don't know why, you know, the, these rows aren't packed, I'm, you know, each Sunday, but uh, they're ready and waiting for you. But I want to invite you guys to sit on the front pew, if you will, or the front two pews if you need to. But um, we're going to spend just a few minutes here before the end of the service today. Hey, buddy. I want to thank the church family. I want to thank um, the pastor church committee. And I want to thank um, Chair was Lynn Surratt and Diane Rabin back in February of 2015. I was at home. It was a normal evening in Keene, North Carolina, doing our normal thing and uh, received a call from Diane Rabin. She said, my name is Diane Rabin, and I'm on the pastor search team for Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Well, I was honored to receive that call, honored to receive an invitation to talk with the committee, and have been honored all along the way as far as just being overwhelmed with the privilege uh, to be, even be considered and to now be installed, uh, or well, I'm not, I guess I'm installed now. We went through the, the things, but, um, but to be here and to serve as your pastor, it is an honor. It is, it is humbling uh, to think about um, this new relationship, and I am just in awe, and I'm excited about it. And what I wanted to say before we get into the children's sermon is just a word of thanks, not only to the pastor search committee. They were first class. You've heard that before, but I want to say it again. The entire process Lynn Surratt, you're to be commended, and, and the entire team, uh, they just uh, handled themselves with dignity and class the entire way. We had some good, honest conversation in a very respectful way, and I'm grateful and will always be for that time. And so uh, I also want to say a word of thanks to the way that not only you have welcomed me, but as you might imagine, coming into a new area in a new community. I wasn't here a few months ago, guys. And the way that this church family has welcomed my wife and my son, Aiden, uh, I am so grateful for the small things that you've done to show care and concern, uh, bringing uh, craft items to a Bible study when there wasn't any children at the Bible study and, and bringing a book to go with the craft and all this kind of stuff that, uh, you know, in other ways you've showed kindness to Renee. And so I am grateful uh, for the way that you have loved on us. And I hope that you begin to feel the love that our family has for you as well. I want to ask you guys something. Many, how many of you are back in school? All of you? Back in school, right? Some of you haven't started school yet. Okay. Well, how many of you are doing spelling words? Spelling words? Some of you have grown out of spelling words. Maybe you're doing big, big boy, big girl stuff now. But most of us, most elementary kids are doing spelling words. Aiden's learning. He's, uh, I'm grateful. He's at Bowling Springs Elementary, and it's just, he's had a wonderful first week. But he's having to learn spelling words. And Aiden, what did you have to do last year? You had to learn spelling words, right? Yep. So every year it's learning spelling words. And you know what? It's memorizing. It's memorizing these words. Well, I want to propose something to all of us this morning. When I was at Gardner-Webb, uh, Dr. Cullinan and Dr. Bob Lamb, who uh, cannot be here this morning, had me memorize many lists. Wesley can testify to this as well, or anybody uh, that's been in college environment. You, you know, ten reasons that da-da-da-da-da. Uh, you know, help me, uh, give me five reasons that something, 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 whatever you're studying in class. But you know what? I remember some of those things, but I've forgotten a lot of those things that I've had to remember. I hope that you remember your spelling words that you study each week. But one of the things that I did growing up, I grew up in a loving Christian home. My dad's here today, my sister. And you know what? They loved, they loved God. And we went to a church where the church loved God. And they taught me some things about what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to follow Jesus. And one of the things that they instilled in me was the importance of memorizing Scripture. 
And one of my favorite verses, and we can say it together if you like, and we'll use uh, one and only, son, is John 3.16. And it says this, and if you know it, you can say it out loud with me. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what? The first key words there, it says, For God so loved the world. He loves you. He loves you and you. He loves all of us here today. He loves his creation. He loves the broad river, even in the midst of whatever pollution we had in the midst of it a few weeks ago. But he loves his creation. He loves the mountains where I grew up in Hendersonville. But he loves you and he desires a relationship with you. I want to share three things with you real quick that I think are awesome to share for a children's sermon and for the entire church on a Sunday, a very formal Sunday like this. Let's get back to the basics. As Andy said, or as Zach, or I can't remember who it was, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Three things that I want you to remember. It's the greatest love. God's love is the greatest love that anybody will ever know. The greatest love that anybody uh, will ever know. The same God who hung the stars and the planets that you guys learn about at school and the galaxies and the moon and, and everything in space, the same God that did all of that, he knows you. He created you, and he loves you. And you know what? He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to look to him. He wants you to follow him. I say that to the children, but I say that to all of us children, is that God loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. The last verse of a song that we sang earlier, The Love of God, says this. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. The love of God is indescribable. If we could talk all day about it, if we had long list of paper and a bunch of pens, we would run out of ink writing on that piece of paper the ways that God loves us. If you don't remember anything about church and sometimes what the preacher says, I want you to always remember that God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you the reason that we're all here today is because god loves us the reason this building is here today the reason that people have given money lots of money to build this wonderful building the reason we come and worship and sing beautiful songs thank you choir the reason that we have youth ministry is as uh, zach and as Corey were my in my youth ministry years ago the reason we do all of these things is because of God's love. We want people to know God's love. We want people to understand God's love. We want people to grow in their relationship with God. The reason our family moved here to Bowling Springs, you know, we moved towns. And we didn't know a lot, or especially my wife and son didn't know a lot at all about Bowling Springs. But the reason that we moved here was because of God's love. Um, so please remember that one of the God's greatest gifts um, it's, a, it's the greatest love that a person will ever know. Second thing, it's the greatest gift a person could ever receive. What is your favorite time of the year? Speaking about gifts, Christmas, Christmas and birthdays, those are pretty big deal, aren't they? Those are pretty cool. But God's love, John three sixteen reminds us that it's the greatest gift a person could ever receive. You know, Jesus is the greatest gift. The gift of God's Son to humanity is truly the greatest gift you and I or anyone could ever receive. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. His indescribable gift. We've talked in here about grace. And you know what grace is? Grace is getting something that we don't deserve. You know, sometimes isn't it cool if your parents 
or somebody will just give you something just because they want to give it to you. You haven't done anything to earn it. You've done nothing to deserve it. But one day they just may surprise you with the gift. You know, that's an example of grace. And, and the scripture says it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And it's not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. We can't do anything to earn our salvation. We can't be good enough. But God has given us this as a gift. And the last thing that I want to say is this verse also reminds us that this is the greatest choice a person could ever make. Many of you make choices every day. All of us make choices every day. Some of the choices that we've made in our lives are great. Some of the choices, not so great. That's when that grace comes in. But I'm thankful for the choice that I made when I was a young child to follow Christ and to give my life to him. And I don't know what that meant. And when I, even when I did that, that doesn't mean that the rest of my life is going to be perfect. But it does mean that I have somebody with me, walking with me through the, the awesome times in life on top of the mountains when, nothing, when everything is going my way, but also when I'm going through the valley. And you know what? Things seem to be falling apart. And I can't understand life and God and people and relationships and why things sometimes can't work. But you know what? God is with me right in the midst of that because of a choice that I made to follow him. So I want you to remember these three things. The greatest love a person will ever know is found in a relationship with God. The greatest gift anyone could ever receive. And he's the great, God's love is the greatest choice a person could ever make. I want God's love to be at the center of who we are as a church. Understanding and learning more about what it means to, to know God and to love him. To allow his love to change us. You know, God's love has changed my life. I still don't understand everything about God. God's pretty big. Don't you agree? I like that song, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing that my God can't do. We serve a big God. Don't ever forget that, guys. And church, don't ever forget that. We serve a big and a mighty God. And he's indescribable. We could talk about him all day and it still wouldn't do him justice. But we're going to close in just a minute. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing a song. Some of you know, um, it's an old song called Jesus Loves Me. It's a kid's song. And I think on a day like today, a very formal occasion, you would think we would sing some high and majestic hymn with words we couldn't pronounce. But we're going to sing a simple children's song called Jesus Loves Me. That's the reason that I'm here. That's the reason that we're here today is because we have received God's love through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we're going to sing that today. And if we're going to, we're going to in a moment when I pray, we'll stand and sing. And if you're here today and you've never made that choice, the greatest choice that anyone could ever make. If you've never made that choice, the invitation is open for you to make that choice. If you need to pray about something today, the altar is open. If you need to talk with me about church membership, um, now that we have an installed, now that you have an installed pastor and you would like to make Bowling Springs Baptist your home church, we would gladly receive you and uh, welcome you into this fellowship. But um, let's, let's go, we'll close in prayer and then we're going to stand and sing. Thank you guys for being so attentive this morning. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what it means to me and what it means to my family. I thank you for the love that this congregation has shown our family as we moved into a new community. I'm thankful for family here today, and I'm thankful for my dad and that I was raised in a loving Christian home. I'm thankful for uh, the people who have influenced me throughout the years as a young child, as a youth. And Lord, I'm thankful to now at this place in my life to be here as pastor of Bowling Springs Baptist. I'm humbled. I'm honored. And Father, I ask that you would bless this new relationship with, between pastor and church. I pray that you would move us forward to do great, greater things. I think about the song that's on the radio often now about greater things. And Father, I pray that you would be God of the city, that you would rule and reign supreme in my heart and in the hearts and lives 
of the people of Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Use us as a, to be a beacon of light in this community and remind us of your great love for us. And as we are reminded of that great love, help us to show it and to tell it to others throughout our week. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Hymn number Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. Amen. Have a great week. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.